If you could change any choices you have ever made, would you? You can always make another choice and change the course of your success. Everyone has the potency to make inspired choices. Get ready to listen, share, and experience the creativity that is you. Now, here is the host of Inspired Choices Radio Show, Holographist Coach, Christine McIver. Welcome, 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 everyone. I am so thrilled to have you here. Oh, my goodness, how the year is flying, right? Like when you're sitting still, how fast is this going for you? It's pretty crazy. And speaking of crazy, if you're not listening live, this is, um, we're in the heart of the pandemic in 2020. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about truths and lies as we know it to be um, right now on June the 10th. With the pandemic, I have an amazing guest with me today. This woman is potent, aware, direct, educated, experienced, and completely ready to step up and share everything that she knows with us. <laughs> she is better known as Petrina Fava. Petrina Fava is a registered nurse and a professor and we're going to be talking tonight all about the truth and the lies of the pandemic. You know, this has been something that has been bothering me and been um, I've been reading all the posts as many people have been. And it's just like, you know, you can smell the bullshit. And Katrina, who is a dear friend and colleague of mine and has been for many years, um, she's been posting things and, and I was like, I want to get this woman on the air. I want to talk to her. So tonight, the pandemic has created a lot of fear, worry, concern, illness, death, support, kindness, generosity of spirit, but most especially truths and lies. Katrina Fava is going to look at the pandemic, discuss and be straight up about what she knows from the professional perspective. Petrina will bring her years of nursing, teaching, and her potent awareness to support all our listeners sorting through all the noise of the pandemic. This will be a strong talk conversation, so you should hold on to your hat if you're wearing one. <laughs> Petrina is a registered nurse and a professor of nursing in Toronto. She has 23 years of experience in pediatrics. Petrina has taught infant massage classes to families, as well as yoga and dance classes to children. She also has training in energetic modalities and has been both a practitioner and facilitator of energy work for over 10 years. Having knowledge and experience in both the world of healthcare and the world of energy work, Petrina brings a questioning attitude and interesting perspectives and awarenesses to any discussion. So true. She formerly hosted... Messy Adventures in Living, right here on the Inspired Choices Network. So you can still go there and check out all of her amazing shows. And she does enjoy inspiring, fascinating conversations. Oh, my gosh, Petrina, I'm so thrilled to have you here and uh, to be talking with you again. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I'm excited to be here again. It's been a while, and I'm excited it's to talk about this. It's been a minute. <laughs> I know, right? So, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't really want to delay um, getting into the conversation. So just to give uh, context to what we're going to be talking about, this is your personal experiences and your points of view. Yeah. And 
nothing you say is going to be taken as medical advice. This is not what this conversation is about. Um, but it is going to be, I'm sure, it's going to be an invitation to wake up to people. Right. So when I first asked you, hey, Petrina, <laughs> you want to come on the radio and talk about the pandemic, what shot through your mind? <laughs> um, what shot through my mind? Uh, nothing shot through my mind. I had, My body kind of was like, yoo-hoo, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, been kind of wanting to have a voice with this for a while and recognizing, like you said, that I have my own points of view too. Um, but I've always thought it's been really interesting to have, you know, one foot in each, uh, you know, I mean, and not to, not to be separate, but yeah, but to have one foot in, in healthcare and one foot in energy work gives me a really interesting, uh, reality. <laughs> uh, and it gives me a really interesting Facebook feed, let me tell you. <laughs> Um, well, but you know, I, when you look, when when I read things in the media, <clears throat> I read it from a, um, a healthcare provider lens, and I also read it from the lens of you know tapping into energy and being aware and using my awareness and using my spidey sense too. So um, sometimes that's an area of conflict for me too, right? I have to keep my mm-hmm. own points of view in check and my own I have to question myself like is that you know am I attached to that point of view from my training as a nurse and is that really true is there a room wiggle room here that kind of thing so um, I'm always Um, excited to talk about stuff in healthcare because I know that um, often healthcare and energy work or you know knowing or trusting your intuition are separated so I like to have a conversation where both of those things can be spoken of together right right Katrina I know that when you were first on the radio with us what year was that like 2015 15 yeah possibly because I think I've been off for two and I was on for two yeah yeah that was before so 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 when you were first on I remember because Katrina and I go way back Katrina and I met January of 2013 and um, I could probably get the date. I know it was a Sunday. <laughs> it was winter. But it was winter. It was January. <laughs> sure, I remember trying to I hike over, that. over a yes. snow mountain <laughs> to get with the massage table. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when we first met and um, when you were first, you first had your radio show you and I would have conversations kind of before and after and talk about different things. And I knew that there was a, and you you shared it with me too, that there was a hesitation in your world to kind of really come out of the closet and share with people these two different sides, these two different worlds. Like you worked really hard to not have your worlds clash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? right. And I think And I think that's part of the difficulty is that, the the world, I mean, the more we separate them, the harder it is to kind of work with both things, right? Information that we things that we've learned in healthcare, um, you know, things that research have shown us, right? The gifts of healthcare and the limitations of healthcare, and then same like the gifts of, 
you know, spirituality or energy work or whatever you want to call it, knowing, sensing, and also the limitations or how you can use that against yourself, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's exactly it is that it, it, I would like to have a conversation where we can talk about both of those things together and not make one right and the other one wrong because that's often what happens. Right. So when did this start to change for you, Petrina? When did the, the having that kind of conversation start to change for me? I'm yeah, and your eyeball. Mm-hmm. Well, your 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 comfort in saying, okay, time the time has come to start to bring these. Yeah, together. I think I, I I've always kind of known it, and I I I um I never did remember the name of that radio show that I did, wacky wacky something and crazy witch doctor I don't know something of like that on my show that I talked about I have a show that specifically addressed this and I think um just the more I work in healthcare the more I can see where um the world of health doesn't acknowledge other any other modalities but then also I have noticed that you know social media is a wonderful thing all of the points of view about people in my life who are very much into energy work and not in healthcare and and kind of swing all the way to one side, right? So I think Mm -hmm. that's been the gift of this for me is that I have seen, I mean, I joke about social media, but not really, because if you really look at my Facebook feed, what I see is polar opposite opinions, right? So Mm -hmm. many uh, people that I know through my work with um, energy modalities, um, are talking about how healthcare providers are uh, closed-minded and they just want to control us and where are they getting this information and it's not true. And then similarly, all of my friends in healthcare are often of the mindset of, you know, those crazy essential oil users, energy workers, don't they know that this is scientific information? So I am presented with that, you know, all the time. And so I look at it and I'm like, okay, guys, can we all just get along? Like there's value in all of this. And when you reject something, right? So if you are in the healthcare field and you reject anything in the world of energy or, you know, whatever, alternative medicine, alternative anything, if you reject it, then you can't receive from it. Right. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything there, if there is a truth there for you, you can't receive it if you've already decided it's wrong or it's crazy or it's woo woo. And then if you, you know, know, know what you know about energy and alternative methods, then and you know that perhaps in healthcare there are limitations and that there are people who only believe what they're taught, but you utterly reject it, then how can you really receive what's there for you? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I mean? So, and, Those and I are guess good I just, points. yeah, and I think with the all, everything that's come up with this pandemic, um, specifically when I look at the media or when I read read things in the media or watch things on television, I feel like I have insider information as a nurse, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm able to see how things are portrayed in the media that are sometimes not accurate. Or how Can things you are us- reported in the media that are sometimes not accurate. So an example would be in the beginning, uh, right in the beginning when this, uh, when we first started getting, uh, you know, news updates about coronavirus and the headlines were saying things like new virus called coronavirus coming out of China. I was like, okay, coronavirus is not new. Well, I already know about coronavirus. I've already taken care of lots of patients with coronavirus. Why really? are you calling this a new virus? Yes. 
when did you yeah. see this is news to me fyi guys katrina and i did not have this conversation about what we, were <laughs> no, talking we haven't about. so when i when i'm surprised it's genuine okay so tell me when you first this you were first aware of this when you first started taking care of patients years ago Years ago, I was already taking care of patients with coronavirus. Coronavirus is a family of viruses. It's a kind of virus. Uh, and there are many strains of coronavirus. And and I'm not saying that this particular strain is not new. So, so what it sounds like is that this is a particularly new strain of coronavirus, right, a specific strain, which okay. is fine. But the problem is that when I first was reading the headlines in the beginning, to people who don't know, someone who doesn't know anything at all about a virus or what a virus is, Right, you're gonna look at that headline and be like, Oh my god, it's a new there's this new thing called a coronavirus. But actually a coronavirus is not new. It's a family of viruses. We've I have cared for patients with coronavirus many times, right? You know, we put them in isolation precautions, it is contagious, you know, but it is not a brand right. new virus is all I'm saying. So I feel so I felt like as an insider, I could see how the media was reporting certain things that were not exactly accurate the way they were wording it and making people think something when it was not exactly true. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. I get it. That is, that's kind of bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to be straight up. That's yeah. Crazy. I mean, and it's the media, right? Like, um, yeah, it's the media. I, I have so many other examples that, uh, I've asked people like, do you know this? Or do you, you know, the other thing is that when when we're seeing numbers, and I don't know, have you have you wondered this yourself? Well, we're seeing numbers of cases of COVID nineteen. So COVID nineteen is the illness that's associated with this particular strain of coronavirus, right? It's this illness mm-hmm. that we have now acknowledged as a entity in of itself. Oh, that's an interesting choice of words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> an entity oh, of itself. Yeah. <laughs> right. So when when I when I was first seeing the numbers being reported, I was like, hold on, if there's, you know, I don't know, 10,000 cases in China and there's, you know, 6,000 cases in Canada, I'm totally making those numbers up. That doesn't mean anything to me because how many, what is the population of China? I don't know. What is exactly. the population of Canada? I don't know. So these numbers oh are driving me crazy because I'm like, in my head, my scientific brain is like, can you give me a percentage? Because I'm a number yes. not meaningful to me by itself. You know, but everybody's people who don't know are just looking at these numbers and going, oh, right. my God, we have so many cases. But hold on. How many people do you have in your country? Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Petrina, that has been screaming at me because you know how much I love math. Uh, that has been screaming at me like crazy this whole time. I'm like, but that that's one one piece of the puzzle. Yeah. You can't have the full picture unless you get no, you all can't. of the information. It's and, like saying. And, and, it's a scare tactic. Yeah, it's like saying, you know, um, my brother's house has uh, two cases of coronavirus, and I have three cases of coronavirus in my house. So it looks like I have more cases of coronavirus in my house, right? But I right. have five members of my household, and he has two. So if he has two cases and there's only two people in his house, he has 100%. It's 100%. Right. You understand? Yeah. <laughs> so Good. it's just silly but again. I love this. I love this. The way it's okay, presented. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, we're up for our first break of the show. And, uh, oh, my gosh, who's got questions? <laughs> Who wants to, like, chime in here and tell us what you know to be the truth and the lies? We are going to have more with Petrina Fava talking all about the pandemic. And we're going to be breaking down some more specifics 
as well. We just want to set the stage with this first section, and we're going to jump in deep when we come back. So you're listening to Inspired Choices here on the Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be back right after this break. Stay tuned, everybody. This is getting good. Many of us make choices in our lives based on our past experiences or what others believe. What would our lives be like if we made our choices based on what we desire for our futures? When you join Inspired Choices Radio Show with Holographist Coach Christine McIver, you'll be provoked to look at what is true and what you know but may not choose that requires your attention. Christine does not hold back and brings all her expertise during each and every show. Are you ready to create the life and the living you truly desire? Listen for Inspired Choices Radio Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Inspired Choices Radio Show with Holographist Coach Christine McIver. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to christine at inspiredchoices.ca. Now, back to the program. All right. Yes, we are back tonight. We've got Petrina Fava, amazing human being on planet Earth, who's also a registered nurse and professional teacher in, in the area of nursing, talking pandemic truths and lies. So, Petrina, our first question in the house is, they would like to know how the COVID-19 is actually transmitted. The truth, please. Okay. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I have done my own research. But for, so from what I know about methods of transmission of viruses, this is what I can tell you. The CDC, the World Health Organization, all the um, all of the studies that have been done about coronavirus, right, uh, mm -hmm. showed or show that this virus spreads by something, by a mode of transmission that we call droplets, okay? So viruses travel in many different ways, right? They can travel, it's, the droplets are like the vehicle, the car. What kind of car does this virus drive and how does it get to the next person, right? This mm. particular virus drives a car called droplets. So spit, right? We talk and we spit. So it attaches itself to saliva. Right? It attaches itself to your sneeze, the snot that comes out of your nose. It attaches itself to, um, yeah, anything, any droplet that comes out of your face. <laughs> okay? That's the way it mm -hmm. is transmitted. 
Now, there are other modes of transmission. You may have heard some you may have heard some talk about is this virus airborne? So airborne is yeah. a different kind of vehicle, okay? It's not the same as a droplet. Airborne viruses like chickenpox, by the way, tra- tra- um drive or travel uh by attaching themselves to very very minute particles in the air like dust. Okay? So did you know that chickenpox can travel from a person in their bedroom, attach itself to dust, and literally take a ride on the dust out of the bedroom, down the hallway, and into the living room. Did you know that about chicken pox? Shut the front door. Yeah, tuberculosis is another one. Okay, so so this coronavirus, as far as we know, is actually not airborne. They have said that many times. Of course, this is a new strain, so we're still getting new information, but all the evidence shows right now that this travels by droplets. So that is why we are asking people to stay two meters away, because droplets don't travel out your bedroom and down the hall. You sneeze or you cough or you talk and you spit, and the droplets go about two meters and then they fall, right, because they're they're droplets. They're liquid droplets and so they fall to the ground. Airborne doesn't fall to the ground. It floats in the air, and it is able to travel farther than two meters. Okay. okay. So that's the reason that we are asking people to stay two meters because if this virus okay. is in fact droplet, which is what we think, then the distance is the first effective measure. If you stay two feet away from me, no matter how much I spit or speak moistly when I talk, chances <laughs> are it's not going to reach you if you're beyond two meters. You understand? Okay. That's droplet yeah. transmission. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I got this. So this okay. then leads to my question. Yeah, I know. I want all the truths and the lies about the masks because my spidey senses are going off and you know my bullshit meter. (laughs) Katrina was the one who first identified my bullshit meter many moons ago. Um, And when I get angry, I've got a bullshit meter going on. Like there's bullshit somewhere. So tell me. The mask thing is infuriating me too and I'll tell you why. So the masks Masks will help the stop of transmission, definitely. Of course they will, especially if you can't stay two meters away, okay? Um, N95 masks are not needed for droplet precautions. N95 masks are needed for airborne transmission. So if you have a person with chickenpox in your house, you should be wearing an N95 mask. Right? See, people don't think about that. It's like, what? It's just chickenpox. Yeah, chickenpox that travels out of the room and down the hallway in the living room. But COVID, right, this coronavirus, as far as we know, doesn't do that. So the surgical mask, right, is is literally just stopping the droplets to come, the spit (laughs) coming out of the other person's mouth and smacking you in the face and entering your mouth and going in your body, right? Because that's how viruses enter. They enter from mouth nose, eyes. So Mm -hmm. the surgical mask is effective if you can't stay two meters away. If I'm taking care of a patient with a coronavirus, right, then I'm Mm going to wear a surgical mask because I have to get up close to my patients. When I go to work right now, tomorrow, when I go to work, I have to wear a surgical mask because I can't stay two meters away from my patient, right? I have to give them care. I'm right Mm -hmm. up close. So mm-hmm. in that sense, it is correct to wear a surgical mask if you're up close to someone with that virus. In public is a little bit of a different story. We've never asked people to wear 
the mask in public. However, this is a pandemic, right? We're trying to control spread. So what we have been trying to say is if you can't stay two meters away, then you need to wear a mask. Not an N95 mask because you're just going to breathe your own CO2 for no reason because those things are tight, right? They're meant to seal Mm -hmm. out very tiny particles. So the surgical mask is fine, but the most important thing is the distance. And the problem that I have with asking the public to wear a surgical mask is the fact that you don't just stick a mask on any way. You know, when we as healthcare workers, I train nurses to, I I train them for many weeks to handle their PPE appropriately. I teach them how Mm -hmm. to put on a mask correctly, how to take it off correctly. I teach them that if your nose gets itchy, once your mask is on, too bad, you're going to have an itchy nose for the next five minutes right? You don't touch Mm. it because the outside of the mask is receiving the droplets that are coming out of the other person's mouth. It's stopping Mm -hmm. it from landing on your face. So you're touching it, putting up and down, up and down, on and off, on and off, on and off. It's like, why are you wearing it? You're just cross-contaminating, right? And then the problem is it goes on your hands. So if the virus goes on your hands, the virus is not absorbed through your skin. Viruses get in, the doors to your body are what we call mucous membranes, your mouth, your nose, your eyes. These are entryways to your body. Your hands are not an entryway to your body unless you have a cut on there. Maybe. But you're not mm-hmm. going to touch it, touch the virus, and then get it. You're going to touch, you will get it if you touch the virus on a surface with your hands, like your mask. If you touch your mask and the droplet and the virus transfers to your hands, nothing's going to happen until you now bring your hands to your eyes and rub your eyes. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to happen until you now bring your hands to your nose and rub your nose. Now you're like, here you go, coronavirus, come on into my body. Here's the door. Right? <laughs> so, Katrina, how, how do we put the masks on and off? So the mask needs to be handled by the ear loops only. You should never, ever touch the front of your mask because as soon as the front is, that front of your mask is what's received. It's like your shield. It's like a soldier's shield, right? It's receiving the the, the bullets. Mm-hmm. It's taking the bullets for you, right? It, it's it's receiving the virus. The virus is landing on your mask. So you never touch. Once it's on, you never touch the front of your mask anymore. You put it on carefully. There's a wire that goes on the top. You adjust it, right? If you have glasses, you put your glasses on top. Your glasses should not be fogging. If they are, chances are you don't have it on, right? pull it down over your chin, you adjust it, you think to yourself, hmm, is that comfortable? Can I live with that? And then you don't touch it anymore. Um, and then when you remove it, you should not never be touching the front. You need to remove it only by the ear loop and pulling straight off your face. The problem is that uh, right now we're asking people to keep their masks on for very long periods of time uh, or reuse them, which is nothing that we ever do in healthcare. We never reuse our masks. Those masks are one-time use and they go in the garbage, right? I would never, ever teach a student to reuse a mask. That is against every infection prevention rule that exists. So, and yet never people are mask. getting masks. People are right. getting masks. And, like, I'm leaving mine in my car. So if I need to use it when I jump, you know, jump out of the car to walk in somewhere and they're demanding right. that, you know, they wear masks, and so I'm, I'm grabbing yeah. that old used mask and throwing that used mask on. Yeah, so it's not, it's not the best. The other thing that we, since we, so the thing is that we um, are being told that we have a a global shortage of masks. 
Right. <laughs> so I, that's a, this is a side story because this is one of the things that I've been having trouble. My spidey sense is going off big time with this one. But let's just go with it. So the, we're being given the information that there's a global shortage of these masks. So we're being asked to save them. So now we're, we're it's like we're in a war zone or a third world country and we're saying, okay, this is against all the protocols that we know, but what is the best we can do with what we have? So, you know, if you need to take it off, you can put, you know, maybe a Tupperware container hold the Tupperware container on top of your face over the mask and then peel the ear loops off and hook them around the Rubbermaid container. Like the important thing is not to uh, ever touch the front, um, but also you don't want to leave the mask exposed where somebody else's droplets can cough on the Uh. mask and now you're putting the mask on, you understand? So if you're leaving your mask in between, in your car, between your seat and your passenger's seat and your passenger is, speeding or when they're talking and they land on the inside of your mask. Now you're putting the inside of your mask up against your face and going, hello, coronavirus, come on in. Look, here's my mouth. (laughs) Okay. So the other thing before we we move off of masks, because there's so much to talk about in this, um, would you recommend people wearing masks when they can be two meters or greater apart from other people? So, and, 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 and I want to point, I, I wanted to point to the mental health aspect of this as well. Right. So we have to remember that the other way that masks protect is that they stop the, the, actually the best thing, and I, and I have heard this from our officials even on television, but I think perhaps they, they haven't been able to explain it properly is that if you are sick, if I have coronavirus, if I have coronavirus and I have to go out because I'm a single parent and I have to go get groceries, right? They're saying the first thing is you need to stay home and you need to stay away from people. But if I absolutely cannot and I know that I'm sick, then I I can wear a mask and the mask will contain my droplets, right? It will stop Mm -hmm. my droplets from going to other people. So really the best people to wear masks are people who are sick. The problem is we don't know who's sick and sometimes people have the virus but they don't have symptoms. Right. This is something that came out in the beginning where the information we were being given is that we think that this corona, this strain of virus particularly can people can be asymptomatic. So they don't have symptoms, but they can still spread the virus so that, you know, mm. so if you can't maintain the distance, then you should wear it. Or if you're sick and you have to be out, then you should wear it. But if you can stay greater than two meters, you don't have to wear it. And at least in Toronto, that has been the guideline. Um, that if you can keep your two meters, then it's okay to not wear a mask because we know this is droplet and droplets do not travel farther than that. The only exception is for um, uh, things like dentists, at places like dentists or in the mm-hmm. hospital. We, we wear an N95 mask. I took care of a kid um, in the ICU who was on a ventilator, on oxygen. I had to wear my N95 mask because in the presence of certain equipment, the virus can become what we call aerosolized, right? So similar, similarly with dentists who are using suction and, and, and the, now we think that the virus can in fact become airborne because it's being pushed with force, right? The oxygen, right. The oxygen. So now it's being pushed with force greater than two meters. So with that exception out in public, I can't see how it would travel greater than two meters, right? So if you're in a bus, 
station, if you're in a bus, uh, what do you call those things? <laughs> the things you wait for in the bus, for the bus in, a bus shelter, there it is. Bus stop. If you're in there <laughs> you're by yourself, if you're in there by yourself, there's no need to wear a mask because you're not going to, if you spit or you sneeze, right? Like there's no one else there or there's no one there that's going to spit or sneeze on you. The distance is the, the first and foremost and the most important right. thing. If you can keep your distance, the mask is not needed. So if if so you don't need to be driving around by yourself in your car with your mask on. <laughs> no, and I've asked my and I've tried, you know, and I, I sometimes I I talk to myself and I say, Katrina, take a deep breath, stop freaking out. Like, why would that person be wearing a mask? Could there be a real reason? Maybe they're sharing their car and they don't want to drop their droplets all over someone else's car, right? You know, maybe they're sick and they're driving somebody else's car and so they don't want to sneeze on their steering wheel. Maybe, right? Yeah, okay, sure, wear a mask. But if you're in your car by yourself and you're scared that the virus is going to float into your vehicle from the air, that is incorrect because it's not airborne. You know, in that case, everybody around you can be having chickenpox. You should probably wear a mask then. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't really make sense to wear a mask if you're by yourself in your car with your windows up. No, absolutely not. Okay. We, this is such a good conversation. My gosh. And we only have 20 minutes left. We're going to go for a quick break. When we get back, we're going to dive in even deeper. Stay tuned, everybody. You're listening to Inspired Choices with my guest, Katrina Fava, and myself, Christine McIver on the Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back. Many of us make choices in our lives based on our past experiences or what others believe. What would our lives be like if we made our choices based on what we desire for our futures? When you join Inspired Choices Radio Show with holographist coach Christine McIver, you'll be provoked to look at what is true and what you know but may not choose that requires your attention. Christine does not hold back and brings all her expertise during each and every show. Are you ready to create the life and the living you truly desire? Listen for Inspired Choices Radio Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you ready to have pleasure with your business? Yes, I said pleasure with your business. The Pleasure of Business a la Carte will surprise you with topics like Meet Yourself in the Boardroom, Money, Services, and You. Expand Your Visibility, The Pleasure of Communication, The Pleasure of Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Christine McIver has so much pleasure with business and loves teaching all things business. Beginning a new business? Desiring to expand a current business? Or looking to resurrect a business that has been dormant? This program will get you fired up and bring more pleasure than you have ever imagined. Exhausted with your excuses for not creating a phenomenal business? Join now for all the pleasure with business. Pleasure of Business a la carte gives you total choice for what you desire and what your business requires. That's 24 weeks of different topics to choose from with weekly calls, audio and video recordings, and PDFs. This class will have you dive right in and use tools to create the business that has been speaking to you. Go to inspiredchoices.ca for full details or join the Facebook page, Pleasure O Business a la Carte. Now is the time for you and your business. 
This is Inspired Choices Radio Show with holographist coach Christine McIver. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to christine at inspiredchoices.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Petrina, you still with me? Oh, yes, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Okay, we've got Petrina Favitt tonight. We're talking about the truths and the lies around the pandemic. Petrina, what's the biggest lie that you've seen perpetrated out there that is creating more chaos and division with the different experts in the world. I don't. I don't know where that question came from. But oh yes, okay. please go ahead. I have two right off the top of my head. The first one. Uh, the first one is gloves, and it relates to the question in the chat room. So the first one is gloves, and the glove wearing is making me insane. And I and and I know that glove wearing in public is being done completely incorrectly and it is absolutely not protecting anyone from contracting a virus. So um, the question in the chat room is about uh, how long does the virus stay on the surface? So I don't know what we ever decided about that. I don't know if they've ever come to a real answer about that, right? Again, like, sure, it's a new strain. We don't know everything about it. But the the thing is that different viruses behave differently, right? So some le- uh, live very long on surfaces and others don't. Some viruses are, are transmitted before the person is sick, and some viruses are transmitted when the person has symptoms, right? So they all kind of behave differently. Um, but the thing about the surfaces is that it actually doesn't matter because if you touch a surface that is loaded with coronavirus, as long as you, A, never touch your face, never touch a mucous membrane, right, which is lips, nose, mm-hmm. eyes, because those are the doors to your body, not your hands. Your body, the virus doesn't get in through your hands, except if you have a big cut, maybe it can get in that way. So touching it is not that scary as long as you wash your hands and don't touch your face. So if you're in public, the best thing to do is keep hand sanitizer on you and use the hand sanitizer often because when you go to the grocery store, the coronavirus could be on your Lucky Charms cereal, it could be on your apples, it could be on your coffee, it could be on the cart, it could be everywhere, right? So if you're wearing gloves, whether it's on your skin, whether it's on the glove, it's the same thing. You're still touching your Lucky Charms and then the carts and then your phone and then your debit card and then your purse and then your wallet. What difference does it make that you're wearing gloves? You're still, you brought it from the Lucky Charms to your purse, right? Mm-hmm. However, if you touch your Lucky Charms and then you touch a couple other things and then you're like, oh, Petrina said I should clean my hands and you use the hand sanitizer, now you've, you've killed the virus, right? The alcohol-based hand sanitizer, we know that alcohol kills viruses. We use it in the hospital to do sterile procedures. We use alcohol, right? So if you're yeah. using the hand yeah. sanitizer very regularly, your chances of contracting a virus are much lower than if you're using gloves. Gloves are a complete, uh, I don't know what they are. They're a c- complete crock of SHIT because they're not protect. You think you're protected because <laughs> you're wearing gloves because you don't want to get the virus on your hands, but the, your hands are not scared of the virus. Keep your hands away from your face. 
I mean, right. unless you're going around picking up your Lucky Charms with your face, which I don't think anybody knows how to do. So the the gloves is a big one for me because it's extremely incorrect. I change my gloves hundreds of times in in a day, right? I teach nursing students how to know when to change their gloves. At the moment that they go from touching something clean to something contaminated, they have to change. They have to change. So wearing gloves for your whole shopping trip is just incredibly ridiculous. It doesn't work at all. And in fact, contributes mm. to spreading the virus because if you're wearing gloves, you're not using hand sanitizer. You're not killing the virus. You're keeping it on there. That's one. Hmm. That's that's a very that's good one. So good to say that you have no idea. <laughs> wow, I that that's yeah. fantastic. So, you know, Katrina, from the mental health perspective, you know, it's it's making me crazy, right? Because I am concerned about mental health, um, very very much so, and and I'm seeing people wearing masks. I can't see their face, right? And I feel like the minute somebody puts a mask on, they start to get this scary, like, major fear energy going on. And they don't know how to communicate with their eyes so that we can have a kinder way for all of us to move through this. You know, we need to actually take lessons from from women that wear burkas. <laughs> to, yeah, to I mean, this is an issue that we have in healthcare too, right? When so when our when I care for a patient who is in isolation, who is isolated to their room because they have whatever any virus, right? Any patient who has any kind of virus stays isolated in their room, and we have to wear our PPE. So I'm wearing a gown, gloves, mask, possibly a face shield or or eye goggles, right? Because I don't want to transmit it to my other patients, and a lot of times this impacts communication, of course, right? Um, where I work. We have buttons now of big close-ups of our faces because I'm wearing my mask and my goggles and people don't know what I look like. So it does definitely impact communication, absolutely. But the fear that you're talking about, it, you know, people, I guess, associate that mask with fear, right? It's like, oh, my God, there's something out there I need to protect myself from, so I'm putting on this mask and now I look scary. And who knows how many horror movies have you watched about pandemics and, and right, all that kind of thing that's coming up, coming up for people when they see that. Um, but the fear is, is important. I'm glad you touched on it because, you know, I really, and again, this is me, but I, I really do believe that fear is very disempowering. And I don't subscribe to the idea that fear is a good thing because it keeps you safe. I don't believe that for a second. I think that's so untrue um, because actually fear blinds you. And I am possibly, I've talked about this on my previous show too. If you're scared, you can't see. You want to get in a car with somebody who's scared? Have you ever been in the car with somebody who's driving and they're like really afraid of getting killed, like hit by another car? Is that a fun experience? <laughs> yes. Aren't you more scared? No. Aren't you more scared to drive with some with someone who's driving a fearful driver, right? Because you mm-hmm. can't you can't have your spidey sense on if you're always scared. And being scared may actually stop you from seeing what's true, what what you really need to be aware of. What's being afraid of a virus may stop you from actually seeing what is the real threat if there is a real you know a different threat that is real that you need to be aware of so so functioning from fear is is just not the way to do it you need to have some sense of your awareness right you need to tap into your own spidey sense trust your knowing and also gather information right and that's from me as a nurse and a person who works with energy like that's kind of what I do you know I have to think about okay what do I know what have I learned 
And what does my spidey sense tell me too? What what do what does my knowing tell me? You know, and where are there some things that I've learned in my training as a nurse that perhaps are a limitation or that are not allowing me to see past something or see a different possibility, right? And same, mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. what is it about everything I know about energy that, you know, am I being distracted from real information that I need to have? So functioning from fear is, I think, our first mistake in this whole thing. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. the media doesn't help that, right? Because because fear sells, right? So. Fear makes money. That's the short and the yeah, long of it. It really, really does. And it's it's a it's a shame to have the president of the United States head up that campaign and head up the misinformation campaign instead of actually referring to the professionals to to share what they know, the scientists, the the doctors, the the people that. I've been aware of it for years and follow it. Yeah, and I mean, again, like, you know, it needs to be a a good combination of what do we know, but also what do we not know yet, right? Like, and I think that's sometimes a Mm. a downfall of healthcare and the medical um, teams is that we think we know everything. And so we keep going back to literature, keep, but maybe there's something that we haven't discovered yet. And how can we ask questions to uncover something we don't know yet? Right. If we're always referring to mm-hmm. what we know, how are we going to expand what we know? How are we going to know something new? Right. So, you know, we need okay, to be okay. able stop. to stop. Wait, talk. stop. Mm-hmm. Stop, mm-hmm. stop. That was so good. I hope Rhonda caught that quote. Can you, do you remember what you said? Can you say it again? <laughs> if we always refer, I think what I'm saying is, you know, if we, as healthcare professionals, but in general, if we always look at the research and we always refer back to what we already know, how can we, without questioning what else, without without questioning what else is there that we don't know yet, how can we move beyond what we already know and discover things we don't know yet, right? If you're only referring to what you know, how can you discover new things? You, you know, I, I don't know if I, how much time do we have? There, I worked with a physician many years ago who who um, came onto service. It was the, our GI population. There was these kids that were born with a specific disease that um, they had to have a large portion of their bowel removed, okay? And so we were treating these kids with certain medications, and nothing was helping. And for m- many, many, many years, the first few years of my nursing career, most of these kids died before they were one. They died before they were one. And we nobody could figure out how to how to help these kids. And then this guy came along, and he was, um, you know, very much a scientist. He literally like had lab rats in his lab and stuff. And we used to always kind of tease him and say like, "Oh, you did you sleep with your rats last night? Like, did you sleep in your lab?" But he came up with this new surgery in which the, uh, he was able to expand, you know, surface area of the bowel and all this stuff. So he really thought outside of the box, and he approached the team with something totally new and totally different. He he was not. A, a gastroenterologist he was a surgeon and so he came up with this new procedure and these kids now I know some of them they're 13 14 15 years old and it's one of the most amazing thing I w- have witnessed over my 23 year career is that we were trying to treat these kids you know in a particular way and they were dying before the age of one and then this guy comes along with this totally different idea something that has never occurred before he created this procedure completely outside of nowhere out of nowhere and 
how this procedure has now become the standard of how we treat these kids. And they're living not only past their first birthday, they're teenagers now, these kids, right? So for me, that's a wonderful example of a clinician, a medical uh, person, a healthcare person who is asking questions like, what else? What else? What am I missing? What am I not seeing here? What else is possible mm-hmm. here that we haven't considered before? And then created this amazing thing. And these, it's like a miracle. These kids are living into their teens. They weren't even living to their first birthday when I started working there. Right? Mm. So you can't always refer to what you know. You've got to be like, what yet? Right? Um, right. Yeah. Can I make a quick comment about something? I know we're running You out can of say time. anything. <laughs> I wanted to just talk a little bit about conspiracy theories and trusting what you know and, um, you know, um, lies, lies about the coronavirus. So, my spidey sense has gone off lots of times in these last couple months about I don't, that's not true for me. Something's here. Something's not right here. Something's not true here in bits and pieces, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. so I've, I've talked to some people about some of the things that they think uh, could be happening along the lines of types of conspiracy theories, right? Like uh, this mm-hmm. is a conspiracy to get us to do this or, you know, China is doing this. And I, what I want to say about that is, if you're if you're aware of lies and your spidey sense is going off that there's lies around this, you may be correct. Um, the problem is that if you decide what that lie is, right? If you decide that the lie <laughs> is that the coronavirus is fake, then that's a, that's you're putting up a wall because you're just you've decided what that lie is and now you can't see anything else. You know, if you've decided that the lie is that you know China made this uh, virus in the lab and they're sending it over here, you know, when you if you have an awareness and you have a spidey sense about something, you can't just close the door on it and make a decision or or a judgment about what that lie is, right? It, you know, be aware of lies, but keep asking questions. You know, what is it here that's not true for me? What am I aware of? What am I aware of? What am I aware of? Like, what's really going on? What's true? What's not true? And only then will we be able to really get at or know what's really happening. We know that what's being presented to us in the media is not the whole truth, possibly, or at least the way it's being presented is not entirely accurate. I gave you a couple of examples already, right, just what I know. So if your Mm -hmm. spidey sense is going off, great. Be careful that you're not then shutting it off by making a decision about what what your spidey sense is telling you. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? It totally makes sense. It's It's... So, so interesting that there's all of these different things, but I just, you know, if you don't have the answers, ask some questions. And and I just love the don't decide that this is the right answer. Like that, that for me personally is like, oh, that's a really awesome tool to use. It's like, okay, if I didn't decide that this was true or the the, the fact, the answer what else might I be aware of? What else may I be yeah. informed? How else could I be open to hearing, reading, uh, being shown what the truth actually is? And yeah. and how many know, truths are there? And how many lies are there, right? right? As opposed to all of this is fake or all of this is true, right? So, you know, when mm-hmm. you hear our political leaders speaking and you're aware of lies, Right. And I, you know, I, I use this tool a lot. Like I've been asking this question, like, what would it take for 
all the all of the untruths and the lies to be revealed? What would it take for all the and I don't know, you know, if you see what's been happening in Toronto with long term care, there's been so many lies revealed like crazy in the last few weeks, like they're literally just falling out of people's mouths. So, you know, if you keep asking for lies to be revealed, lies to be revealed, lies to be revealed, they will. So, you Mm. know, what part of this is lies and what part of this is true, right? You know, what are our political leaders holding back? Are there omissions? Is there something they're just not telling us and you're aware of that, right? And even you saying that, even you saying are there there omissions, my my gut reaction wanted to be hell yes, which right now feels like, a decision, right? And and if I'm like, okay, so if there are some things being hold, held back, you know, or show me the lies, show me the truth, so show me the truth of what I'm not have not heard about yet. Like there's so many. I love the way that you're presenting for us to really be with all of what's going on and what has not yet been brought to the surface. Because I think what you're doing is you're teaching us tools and not just giving us answers. And I think that exactly. Something- I mean, I don't have the answers, and actually, neither do our, neither does the World Health Organization, neither does the CDC. And you know, we and if this is something new, we're learning about it, so we don't have all of the answers. And there are some things that are missing that our political leaders are not telling us. That is my spidey sense too, right? Is it really true mm-hmm. that we can't produce masks in all of Canada? Why? Why has it been three months and we can't get enough masks for? for healthcare workers. Like for me, there's something there that's not true, but I don't know what the untruth is. I don't know. You know, people are like, well, China is holding them back. Well, I don't know what those are. I just know that there's something there that's just not right. It's not sitting right with me. So then I just ask, okay, what would it take for those things to be revealed? Okay, Petrina, we are just coming up to the end of the show. If somebody wants to contact you, how could they go about doing that? Uh, they can contact me. What is my best email address? I have a website, PetrinaFava.com, so that's the best way to reach me, I would say. There we go. Okay, we'll put that into the replay, so PetrinaFava.com. Um, Petrina, we've got more to discuss. Um, would you consider coming back again in a couple of weeks? Of course. I would like that. Oh, my God. That would be awesome. Um, and because <laughs> even doing it a few weeks apart you know, we're going to have more information that, and more things that we can unpack and more people with, you know, we, we're both going to be aware of the questions out there and where the, the lies come up between now and the next show, uh, even more so because of this great conversation. And then we can bring it forth in the next show. So I'm super excited. Thank you so much. And thank you for, for really being courageous to step forward and share with us, you know, many sides of what's going on and, and leading us uh, into a different possibility. You, you are fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. It's really great to be able to have a voice and, and you know, say, speak what I know. Awesome. All right, see you next week, people. Remember, okay. you can always Thank you for choosing to listen to Inspired Choices Radio Show. Christine McIver will return next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, be willing to choose what you really desire. This is your life. Making the choices that bring you all that you desire.